podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by two smiling contributors in Kevin Graham and Russell Boyce. We're sitting here at uh, after a game at Rugby Park having won convincingly and won 4-0. Now, Russell, you were talking about when was the last time we did that? When was the last time we turned over a team? Well, we've done it tonight. What was your thoughts overall? It wasn't quite as flamboyant as one of the turnovers I was referring to. However, very encouraging from what we've seen this season. Thoroughly in control from the first half. I actually thought the second half we commanded that as well. The result was in no doubt whatsoever. And it was nice to see a few extra goals for a change as well. Uh, on top of that, a clean sheet. Who would have thought it? However, mm-hmm. what I would say on that, without being negative, we don't want to be too negative, but every time there was a cross going into the box, I was, you know, I was still very nervous. However, it was nice to see us, you know, positive on the ball. And again, like I said, just looking a wee bit more confident than what we have. Well, you know, you you mentioned there about the the clean sheet, and it is it is a big positive. But what I take from that, and I know I don't think he looks that confident under pressure. There was a couple of moments in the first half, but he is playing in front of a different uh, behind a different defence every time he plays Scott Bain. But what I'm going to take from it, a big positive for me is. Is Welsh. Welsh's performance, he was assured he's got to be a first pick. Kevin Graham, have we finally found a partnership that we can run with till the end of the season at centre defence? You would hope so, eh? You would hope that there's no like chopping and changing. I'm great to get the win the night, eh? But it's kind of like getting to the urinal and finding you've already peed yourself right enough. It's a wee bit, it's, it's, a, it's a bit too late, but I'm going to enjoy the night because I've had quite a strange day today. So I think Lee Griffiths is on the same naughty step as me. So I'll gladly take that one. What about, what about Bobby Bruni for uh, his goal? Eh? Mm-hmm. And I mm. done well to turn the guy and it was a good finish. Um, I, I, again, it's just good to get the four goals. Uh, a bit of confidence. I mean, a bit of confidence. We moved the ball a bit better in the second half, but still don't think we get enough. I agree with Russell. We gave away too many chances. We crossed balls into the box. Maybe a better team would have would have punished us, but they didn't. They? 
that ball was there yeah. with the line. Eddie was the offside, and it was a stonewall penalty kick. So, roundy Sky Sports. Well, what I would say, uh, obviously, Andy Walker disagrees with you, Kevin. But what I would say in relation to the penalty is fair play. I don't think it was a penalty, but it was the softest of the three. You could have looked at the previous mm. two shouts by Eddie, where he's kind of um, he's been sandwiched on two occasions. So you get the rub of the green now and again. Let's be honest, we haven't had much of that this season. What about yourself, Russell? Uh, Young Welsh, he's done enough to, to keep that jersey over Duffy. Mate, I think you just hit the nail on the head when you used the word assured. He exudes so much more confidence, I think, than the, the rest of the defence, which, when you look at it, it seems really simple, but it actually makes such a difference. He seems completely in control. His head is in the game. Um, I think it's really impressive for someone, uh, obviously, he's a younger player, and like, as we've touched on in the past, thrown in sporadically, in big matches then pulled out out the squad mm-hmm. nothing seems to phase this boy and I like the look of that and it might be a blessing in disguise that perhaps we didn't get you know an EPL loan signing uh, for the remainder of the season and perhaps now is the time that whether it's through default and maybe not you know the choice of the management team or whoever it is that makes these transfers have debated that enough but maybe we've actually found now an opportunity to give Welsh the platform that I think he deserves because I feel more confident in the back four. I don't know. He just has this presence, if you know what I mean. I'm not saying it's overly, you know, he's not like Tony Adams, you know what I mean? But I think he's definitely, he's got an assuredness, composure. That's what strikes me with him and it's quite refreshing to see in a Celtic back four. You mentioned Tony Adams. You're just taking me back to that time he claimed that he was in the running for the Celtic job and then it was denied. Remember that, Kevin? He, he put himself out there as being uh, having been interviewed and then it turns out there had been no interview. That was bizarre, was it not? But any time somebody mentions Tony Adams, you just actually picture that video when he was in Spain when he, when he was when he was doing the dance to the to put, I can't remember the team he was managing eh? and just the players looking at him as if to go, "What the hell are you going on about?" Mm-hmm. I remember fairly recently Sky Sports dialed him in I think they were maybe expecting a three minute soundbite and about three hours later he was still on talking it was mm-hmm. it was an incredible interview Tony Adams I think he was trying to talk himself up for yet another job interestingly enough I had a wee look at some of the kind of feedback and the um, you know criticism fallout whatever it might be of the Mark Hughes interview earlier on and it was uh, fairly positive I've got to say but what I also found uh, searching Mark Hughes' name is that he you know, West Bromwich Albion fans are talking about uh, getting rid of Sam Allardyce already. I mean, they're they're in disarray about what's happening happening at their club. And Mark Hughes has been quoted as potentially being in the running for that job. So going back to what we were saying before, Russell, if there are any targets out there, you know, you've got to get them in the door. But I mean, let's talk. Let's focus on the game. Uh, yet he's getting interviewed at the moment. First goal in sixteen games. First goal since mm-hmm. September. You know, when I, I was looking at him and when when Edward was coming off, I. I thought thought to myself and let's give Neil Lennon credit for this I thought you know it's good that he's going to give a Yeti the full 90 minutes because he needs a bit of confidence I don't think he was playing brilliantly up until that point then he gets his goal it was an excellent finish going back to what you said Kevin remember the, the game against Hearts where we couldn't break them down um, it was the first game after Brennan Rogers left and it just it was just a wee dink by Bruni over mm-hmm. the top to, to get Edward mm-hmm. it, it put me in mind of that um, so let's talk about Scott Brown let's talk about a Yeti he needed that goal for his confidence is he going to get a run of games do you think Kev up, up alongside Eddie it feels like we're in transition now eh? it feels like we're in transition before 
it doesn't matter what we say, it doesn't matter what happened tonight. If we could have lost tonight and Neil Lennon wasn't going to leave, so one in the night is not going to keep him in the job any longer, uh, then he's going to be in. Whatever the club's decided, he's he's there until they say they say differently. So there's no point us moaning about it. And all, 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 we, all we need to hope is the players actually give him a run, run of results. I don't think a run, of, a run of results is going to change what's going to happen at the end of the season. And whether keeping up at the end of the season is going to be the right decision is on, only the annuals of history will tell us that. Only when we're sitting here at this point next year we'll be able to say was it right or was it wrong. But we want, we want to at least finish second. And I think the, the club... Of maybe banking on the fact that we've got decent players, and mm. we should be we should be able to turn on performances like we turned in tonight, even if the players are not fully engaged. Well, you know, this is my real real feeling tonight was that Kevin. How many times have we not seen us turning in a performance like that tonight? Um, I'm just watching Ayeti's goal again. He, he took it so well, turning the you know turning the big lad for Bournemouth. Good finish. But again, I, going back to Scott Brown Russell, I felt that he was back in the mood tonight. He's obviously shaved that head of his uh, to get yeah. him back into the zone. Um, and I thought, you know, it was a proper captain's performance this evening. I think it's a shame that Neil Lennon's maybe done the same. So I used to prefer Lennon. Remember, he used to wear gloves in like May. Remember, mm-hmm. I mean, with the shaved just like nuts and stuff. I used to think that gave him an edge. I really, like, I liked it. Do you know what I mean? Um, that uh, that coma was doing nothing for him. But yeah, absolutely right. As well as Scott Brown's haircut. He actually threatened the through ball about five minutes before that. He played the nice one to Joe, uh, John Joe Kenny. John Joe Sheldon nearly said that. Jeez, so things can only go from bad to us. But that through ball. I thought, that's nice to see the forward thinking. And as I've said to you before, I do find very often the arguments of Scott Brown are lazy. He only passes sideways. His legs have gone. It's all you ever hear if he doesn't play well. You know, every you know every other player that doesn't play well, there's a variety of reasons why. Scott Brown's are always, his legs have gone, only passes sideways. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair. Um, as I'm sure there are examples of games where he maybe has been more negative on the ball. I think you're right. Tonight he did have a bit of impetus about him. But like I say, that might be um I think that might be a wee bit tainted with guilt because he was banging it all the other week. And that's the least we should expect from a captain of a decade. Well, after that game, Russell, you know, Neil Lennon came out and spoke about a lack of discipline. When you're talking about your captain, you know, it, it really is a rap on the knuckles, quite a public one as well. You've seen him going off at the end of the game and Lenny made sure that he's gone over uh, to give him uh, some praise. So you'd hope that spats um, are behind us in that respect. We'll come back to the Lee Griffiths situation in just a moment or two. Now, Kevin, if that's uh, Scott Brown back in as a first pick, where does it leave uh, Smile of Sorrow, who was uh, one of the, the kind of high points of these dark times over the last couple of months? I don't think he's back in as a first pick. I think it was a sort of horses for courses tonight, courses tonight, and like he proved why he proved why he was picked tonight. But he's the mentality of that team. He sort of dragged that team with him, especially scoring the first goal. But what we says about Scott Brown and what we says about Scott Brown before the game and before these games doesn't change. We need to need to watch how we manage him. But he's still got, as we're in this transition period, he's still got a part to play. Whether that's coming in for games at tough at tough away venues or coming off the bench if we need to see games out. I don't think it means much for Sorrow. I think Sorrow's 
proved that he's got something to offer as well. And I think we'll see both of them actually getting games before, between now and the end of the season. I don't like. I don't think I would like to see two uh, both of them playing at the same time. I think that might they might get in each other's way. But if you, you saw tonight, uh, Bruni at the, the base of the diamond, he did actually play quite quite a, a number of forward passes and. He has got that in his game. It just maybe maybe just doesn't do it enough. Maybe the diamond suited him tonight. Maybe the, maybe the fact Kilmarnock sat off him suited him tonight as well. Kilmarnock didn't really press like St Murn pressed at the weekend. Eh? So you've just got to have a look at the night, and you've got to say he had a decent game tonight. But the problems that we've got with Scott Brown are still there. But the night hats off. It was a great performance by our captain. Now, I actually think it's quite interesting. Well, sorry. Um, I think it's quite interesting well with Scott Brown with who is he partners. I often find that when he's with Callum McGregor, I don't know why. I don't know what Callum like. Callum McGregor, McGregor seems to be, I don't know, a diluted version of himself sometimes. And remember, there was always the accusation of Encham could not play alongside Scott Brown as well. I think you're absolutely right to say that tonight in a diamond where Brown was more exposed than ever in that in that sort of formation, and yet he was more positive than, like you say, perhaps you would normally associate him with. Really good. I thought it was a good display tonight. A couple of good points coming in from James Pearson. Um, so he says via YouTube, if you are watching on YouTube, then please remember to subscribe. We're putting out as much content as we can on the channel. Every day, free charge. A Yeti showed that little bit of ball class. Remember, Kevin, when we spoke to Brian McLaren, he says they used to be called Basil, but now they're Baal. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but we'll go with Baal. Uh, with that goal this evening, it took a long time to come, though. I still fancy Griffin Clamalla next season with a Yeti being our third choice. And the reason I brought this up is there was a moment, obviously, when the substitution was made and Clamalla comes on. And we spoke during the season about how the, the you know Griffiths has gone from fourth choice to potentially first choice at one point. Now, as Kevin said, he's back on the naughty step. Um, and I think that was more or less uh, clarified by Neil Lennon, not only in his uh, interview when he was speaking about being let down by certain players, but when that substitution came along, he wasn't putting Griffiths back on, Kevin. So, you know, where are we with Lee Griffiths? Are we going to see much of him between now and the end of the season? Or is Neil Lennon going to use him as an example to others? This is what happens if you don't, you know, follow the plan or maintain your discipline, fitness, etc. I think it's a bit late trying to make an example of Lee Griffiths. If that's if that's his plan, um, of course Griffiths will get back in. That's what happens. What's happened? Been happening this season is you saw Kamala coming on on tonight uh, at the weekend. You might see Griffiths coming on. <laughs> that's the way that that's the the way that Neil Lennon works. Um, it's a bit late to be making examples of players now. I mean, let's no beat about the bush and Neil, Neil Lennon is the lamest of the lamest duck managers in, in Scotland at the moment so trying to make an example in the dressing room is probably not going to have much much effect to the players what he's just got to do with the players is just to make sure he can get relative performances out of them from now to the end of the season to ensure that we at least finish second Why does he feel the need to denigrate Lee Griffiths to have an excuse to bring the other two in? That's honestly, I, honestly, I always find that there has to be a negative, a negativity surrounding Lee Griffiths for the other two to get in. He's clearly got no faith in them. That's what it boils down to. He doesn't. That Tom Rogic substitution at the weekend 
spoke so many volumes, it's unbelievable. Mm. And then the best bit is Lennon retorts, oh, I gave her yet half an hour. He gave him half an hour. That's who he's talking. Like, you know, I gave him, like, it's just bizarre. This is the guy we were told in the summer, Lennon personally spoke to, to convince mm. to join. And do you know the funny thing is with her, yeah, I feel he's a six out of 10 player, but is that guy who'll just score? Might play six out of 10, but he gets his chance, he'll take it. How often have you seen him playing the partnership up front this season? Rarely. The- there always, there always seems to be a bit of drama about Lee Griffiths and the, mm-hmm. the the manager seems to bring that on as well. I think they're maybe too alike. Eh? I think there could be a personality clash yep. there between, between them. Eh? A sort of Neil Lennon, Aidan McGeady type. Which one do you want next season to be there? Of the two, <laughs> I, I would as well. But, you know, I think that if someone comes in, I mean, Lee Griffiths now has played under all the managers during the nine in a row. So he started mm-hmm. off, he was signed by Lenny, played under Ronnie. Best form probably under Ronnie Dyla, uh, 40 goal season. Uh, didn't play as much under Brennan. And what's happened is it's manager after manager that seems to have an issue uh-huh. with him, uh, other than Ronnie Dyla, uh-huh. uh, incidentally. So I think if a new manager comes in, there might come that point where it's like, let's cut ties. Let's let's finally cut ties. And there might be an issue there because if you looked at the, the previous season and you'd say, well, the guy wasn't fit at all. You know, we're still in February and he's still not getting games. Then a new manager coming in might not cut him the slack, might not uh, say, well, it's Lee Griffiths and remember the 40-goal season. They might just say, it's time to cut our losses here. Any, Do you any believe one? that he's that unfit? I honestly think it's a soundbite a lot of the time. I really do. I think Kev was touching on something really good. I think there is a clash between the two. I think it always comes back to his lack of fitness or whatever it is that's getting said, but it doesn't add up. It just does not add up. All season has not added up. Two months from the summer to get into the squad, as you rightly say, February now, when he's playing, I wonder what his goal-to-minutes ratio is like. Actually, throughout his entire career, it's very impressive, Mm. Russell. But yeah, you're right. You're spot on now. I want to make a point here because we had a a debutant coming into the side tonight. I was pretty impressed well with his uh, his debut but what I think he gave us uh, Scuba Steve comes in to say that back four must see out the season for me I think they gave the, I think uh, John Joe Kenny gave the back four a balance that we didn't have when Frimpong was in and as much as I loved uh, the qualities that Frimpong brought to the side the jinking runs particularly when he first broke into the side you know um, he was all, virtually undroppable by as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you Access to all, every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. By Neil Lennon, but to the detriment to that balance. And I think uh, John Joe Kenny gave that defence a balance that hasn't been there all season. What what do you reckon, Kevin? He did. He's got more defensive attributes and what... um what Frimpong had but then we, we says that about Frimpong he was never a natural right back this guy looks this this guy Kenny looks like a natural right back a modern right, right back who can get up and down the park but has got a wee eye on defensive duties mm. um, he, he likes a challenge he positionally was fine 
he was getting up and down the park. He was sometimes when he, he went and he wasn't going to get the ball. Uh, but then that comes. That just that's just going to come with games and, and training and training drills. If we do training drills, uh, when we're trying to break down, when we're trying to break down sides, um, mm-hmm. it looks decent. It, it looks what you would expect to get for a Premier League team. Mm-hmm. Really, who played thirty-one times in Germany last season? So at twenty-three, has got a bit of experience. He's got he's got more experience than Steve, than Stephen Welsh, uh, who's a year younger than him. Will be a year younger than him. So it looks okay. It's only his first game. We remember Lack Salt in his first game. So if that that back four needs a bit of work regarding stopping cross cross balls coming in and dealing with the cross balls in the middle. But then that takes time and coaching and mm-hmm. working with them. And what you've got to say is our Achilles heel has been dealing with cross balls and set plays all, all season and that hasn't been coached out of them. So I think, yes, stick with us back four for the rest of the season, injuries permitting, but they will make mistakes and we will lose goals just because we haven't sorted it and we're now six, seven months into the season. How big a part, I know the, the goalkeeper can't prevent a cross from coming in, but how big a part of that has been the goalkeeper situation, Russell? I mean, you know, we've had three goalies, all with games under their belt, they're playing in behind different defences week in, week out. Scott Brown, still, uh, Scott Bain rather, doesn't convince me. Uh, you know, last season he was the number three, he's now our number one. I don't think he's a Celtic number one. Um, and, you know, I actually felt that we probably could have ran because we've got a couple of right-backs um, at the club. We probably could have ran with some someone like Ayer at right back or even Alhamid, whatever's happened to him. Yeah. Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen a goalkeeper come in and I, I, I'm not convinced with any of the three, to be honest with you. Like I've said on Twitter, I think a couple of weeks ago, I think Lennon generally does play pin the tail on the donkey when it comes to the goalkeeper situation. I don't think he generally has any faith in any of the three of them. I definitely don't think the defence have any faith in any of the three of them. And the more you think about Fraser Foster's departure, there was a slight inevitability with it because he'd done it once before. The one that really now looks like he got away was Craig Gordon. That looks like the open goal. The open goal we completely missed was that wouldn't have been a overly expensive move. It was a guaranteed reliability at the back. Okay, he's not going to be, oh, this is amazing we've kept Craig Gordon. However, you only need to compare with the three. The three different candidates that have all between them had you know, more games than what normally you would see three keepers having the same first team in one season, and we're only in February. I think Craig Gordon, you know, the difference would have been night and day, to be honest with you. That one looks a bit foolish. I, I agree with that. And, you know, he's gone to Hearts and he's going for the same money that he was offered. Same it's money, the, yeah. this is the same deal. Um, now, th- this is all about perception, of course, but... Russell, apparently you you were comparing Welsh to Tony Adams, and I know you weren't. I know you weren't. Um, but you know, it's, you said he's he's not. You're not getting his carried away. It's not as though he's a Tony Adams style defender. Oh man, that's amazing. That's amazing. No, no, definitely Tony Adams. Get the Welsh statue outside alongside Lawwells. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
The big thing again, uh, Stephen Murdoch's coming in from YouTube to say a Yeti looking knackered for the time he was on, took his goal well though. I think again, uh, he would be one of the guys who would have a fair claim to say that he needs a wee bit of game time to get the match fitness. One player I'm a wee bit more concerned about in relation to that though is Turnbull. He, he, never, he doesn't seem to finish many 90 minutes. Kevin, is that just a guy who has been out of the game for a long time and, and he's still trying to reach that peak fitness? Or would you expect after a couple months in the first team for him to be able to uh, quite easily finish 90 minutes I would it could be a case of trying to gently get him back in uh, to playing playing for Celtic playing for the first team and trying to get him to build up to these 90 minutes I mean there are sports science guys in that there and they know better than us it just seemed quite strange I don't know if he played many 90 minutes for Motherwell before he he actually came to us um, towards the end of last season I don't think he would have I don't think he would have so I think it's just a case of building up fitness as he says Paul there's a complete difference between fitness and match fitness and because it's you turn different in a game, you make different runs in a game. So it could just be a case. Big John Hartson was a perfect example. He says he says getting up to match fitness is completely different from actually being fit. So I think you're seeing that way. Ayeti, Kamala, Turnbull. And even sorrow earlier on, they're going like that. I it's fatigue. Well, if you haven't played for nearly eighteen months and you play a run of games at match at match speed then there is going to be an adjustment and that's nothing to do with fitness Uh, that's more to do with match fitness Mm -hmm. and that that could be that that could be the problem with Griffiths as well mm -hmm. what is the run of games though what is the the run of games I mean if you were Clamalla you'd be sitting there going you start an old firm and then you're back out I mean it's weeks he'll sit on the bench he's not even first second third choice sub what is this like you know what is the when the player's looking at his own career, what's the development plan here? Because to me, it seems all over the place. And that's only just one example. I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, the match fitness side of things, you're in one minute, you're out the next for weeks on end. Then it's, oh, I gave him half an hour. I gave a yet half an hour. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand how you can expect to watch these guys, you know. I, I think if you look at Ayeti and Kamala, they both like the ball played in quickly. And it's something that we don't. It's something that we don't do. So I don't think you'll see the best of either the two players. Maybe more Ayeti because we've seen more of him. Until you get some that can whip a ball in quickly or play it in behind quickly for them to actually turn the last man like Ayeti's goal tonight. We don't do that enough for him. For him to impress for the for solidly for the ninety minutes. You know, there's a few comments coming in about our strikers. IH decorating comments. Welcome back to the show. Eduard, 10 goals in 17 league games, but gets slaughtered. Um, we have also got Zinkovic coming in to say a Yeti was actually good tonight. And uh, Jim, Jim Hannaway thinks that Griffiths still has it, but Philip DeMarco points out that the 40 goal season was five years ago. I mean, would that suggest that, uh, finally, um, Supersonic Cell is saying that Clamalla will never be a starter, no goals in him, punt. Um, I think that, you know, when you're looking at the, the Griffiths comment there, would that suggest that his best years are behind him? He's only 30. I think it'd be, you need to compare it with the minutes, the goals. I reckon this season has to be probably better than you think. As I appreciate the fact he's not had enough minutes to get anything like 40 goals, but I think if you were to look at, you know, 
how much match time he's had against the goals that he has scored. Perhaps not at such a rate, but it wouldn't be too far away either. Now, Kevin, uh, you got yourself into a bit of bother earlier on about uh, Celtic players phoning you at home when you're a season ticket holder. I actually think it would be quite funny if you were the first guy they phoned after today. And um, if that was the case, you know what I mean? And capture it, actually capture you uh, under that kind of pressure. If they were to do that, who who would you like or most um, dislike to, to phone you? Because, I mean, I think, you know, if Scott Brown was to phone you tomorrow, Kevin, you would crumble. Oh, I would shite myself, pardon the French. If Scott Brown or Lee Griffiths actually phoned me, I would probably shite myself after what I've said about them. Uh, <laughs> it would make great telly, though, wouldn't it? It would be brilliant. I'd need to zoom that and actually put, put it onto the... the, the hang I, I think my, my days of being a, a political fan activist are over. I'm now I'm now retired for that game, and as the wee guy on the huddle board called me, I'm just going to stick to being that wee poet fella, and uh, I think I think that's where I'm going to be for now on. But I would love to actually have a wee phone call with Eddie and see what kind of French rap music he likes, and see if he's ever watched La Haine. And, Eduard, aye, I, 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 I could have a wee conversation with him about just everything everything French. I would like that. <laughs> You're just really, really playing the poet's part now, Kev. Um, I found it quite interesting as well that all season when we've been talking about the centre-half issue, that Kevin continually reiterated uh, about the fact that Beaton is should now uh, be considered as a centre-half, Kevin. Where is he in the great scheme of things now? I know that obviously um, you know, he, he injured himself the other day. Um, there was a red card incident. I, I'm not convinced he is a centre-half, you know. And I think when he comes back, he's going to be way down the pecking order. What's your thoughts on that, Kev? Oh, Beaton as a centre half, he's played there for played there for three seasons now. Internationally in Celtic, he's played played as centre half. Everybody in this team will know that whoever the next manager is going to be will be watching videos of the, the performances from now to the end of the season. And if they feel that they've got any future at Celtic Park whatsoever, they've got to start turning up. And I'm including like Lee Griffiths, Turnbull, Sorrow, guys like that. So it's up to guys like Welsh, Turnbull, Sorrow, Mikey Johnson, Ayeti, when they get the opportunity to shine between now and the end of the season for the next man to come in to make sure that they're about next year. There's one for you guys. I thought you would appreciate that. Chad Chatterston, No Gallagher, John Squire and Bonehead on the panel tonight. Kev, you're getting it tight today. I'm, I'm like, like, like. I didn't mind you just getting assumed called. He was I did. I, I, I will. I didn't mind being bonehead. I didn't mind being Aid Edmondson. I, I'm just. I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm down. I'm down with it. You know, one of the most important things for me, Russell, is um, we accepted a wee while ago, and it's bad to even think this, we accepted defeat really in, in the quest for 10 in a row, uh, which is shocking. And I think back to when we won our uh, league title under Vim Janssen, and it was it was one on the last day. I mean, it was it was neck and neck right to the last day. And one of the, the worst parts about this is that we're kind of going out with a whimper. I think the important thing, um, regardless of your thoughts on who should be in charge of Celtic, 
it. Every time we come into a game, I would never ever want Celtic to draw or lose. Never. Never ever want that in my life. So even though I think change is required in terms of Neil Lennon, where he is at Celtic at the moment, I want us to, to turn the corner in terms of the performances and results like tonight. That No, I, I'm not becoming complacent, but I would expect Celtic to be picking up three points tonight. And I would be expecting more convincing results like this so that we can actually narrow that gap. We've seen a few signs that points will be dropped. I keep saying that. Uh, but I want Celtic to take the bull by the horns himself and finish strongly this season so that, you know, the supporters like um, us on this on this show and various others who get involved um, who have been unhappy all season can at least see that we've been given a wee bit back in terms of this professional pride that Neil Lennon's talking about. I mean, do you think that we've got it in us? Do you, do you believe that we've got a couple of the, the agitators out the door? Is that going to make any difference between now and the rest of the season? Is it not quite tragic though? You know, when when you do win a game, like the honest truth, from my point of view, you can't get that happiness that you should be getting. There's almost a relief feeling, which is good normally because you're under pressure, so you feel relief when you win. Whereas now it's relief that you're not being embarrassed, and I find that difficult to take. Like I said on the pod last week, we are going to finish second. I think there's all everyone knows that, and I, I know there is the threat. We've discussed all that, but the fact is, Celtic will do enough to finish second, right? Where's the mojo? Where's the what's the you know what's the purpose of us being excited to watch Celtic play right now? Obviously, the out of Europe thing comes into the the, the four when we're only just beginning in February. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're trying to be serious, <laughs> Russell, and um, <laughs> you know, main thirty two is coming is shatter shatter everybody on the show by saying Gash Nesbitt, <laughs> Owen Wilson, and Harry Hill. Listen, now and again, there's not been much laughs on the show this this year, so now and again, we're going to have to take that and and fair play. I mean, you're right. It is, but sorry to sorry to interrupt. You were actually being very serious, and you were creating and crafting a, a very good point there, Russell. I can't. No, 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 no. I know what you're saying. I mean, the fact of the matter is, obviously, when we win, we want to be feeling more positive than what we are. The genuine, I think, public consensus is it's relief tonight, you know, but not the relief that you loved when it was one of my favourite seasons. Remember 0708, mind the gap season. Always remember that, and it was just relief. The relief you felt when when we got the uh, the second old firm in the space of, I don't know what it was, four weeks or something, it was like this overwhelming feeling of relief. Not because it was a guarantee we were going to win the league, but it was just, we're doing everything we possibly can right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fact of the matter is, all we're doing is, it's three points on the board. It's like, you know, it's our three points on the board. Second's looking more secure now. Wow. Wow. It's a, it's a huge it's a huge drop but I think even tonight you know when when I was watching the game and the discussion was when it panned over to look at Peter Lowell and his stand that this club is uh, moving into a period of, of huge change and, and you're looking you think after nine years of absolute domination it's, it's incredible that we're all uh, of that view we're, we're going to have to go in and there's going to be massive changes the whole structure is going to get torn up uh, we're going to look at recruitment director of football youth development, the whole thing's getting changed and you know what, I think there would have been a lot of changes in any case but it would have been a lot easier uh, with the success behind you and we're not going to have that this season. So I, I've actually enjoyed it tonight, even the slagging that we've all been getting which is uh, welcome on nights like tonight, give us a wee, a wee laugh and we can't always focus on Kevin Graham so thanks yeah. for that 
Well, look, there's something that I've actually found out over the last couple of months, right? We've got this, some, some of these absolute tinfoil hat uh, folk who are absolutely mental. But the Celtic fans have actually got good patter and good banter when we're rubbish. We're actually very good at laughing at ourselves. And mm-hmm. people people are calling this our banter year. Well, tell you one thing, eh? The Celtic fans are far better at their own banter year in the last 10 years. So we, we're better at it. We're just better at everything. <laughs> well listen it's been an absolute pleasure once again thanks everybody for getting involved um, if you haven't already had the opportunity some more post-match content for you is on the YouTube page it's the Mark Hughes and Mark Bowen interview very interesting to get their take their football philosophy and what their kind of views are going forward where would they work in the future tune in and they'll tell all in the interview with a Celtic state of mind it was fascinating I thought the pair of them were brilliant to be honest and um, Rafa Benitez next and then we'll try and go for Eddie Howe after that and we'll just work our way through the list but um, all that's left for me to say is thank you Russell Boyce and Kevin Graham for joining me on a Celtic state of mind nice one thank you and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spaniel. Leto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. 
and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.